This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org. Alhamdulillah, hamdan kathiran wa tayyiban mubarakan fi. Wa ashadu an la ilaha illallah wahtuhu la sharika la. Wa ashadu anna muhammadin abduhu wa rasuluhu salawatullahi wa salamuhu alayhi tasmimin kathira. Amma ba'du. Come to the next hadith, the 40 hadith of the da'wah and the du'at, the book that was written by the Shaykh Abu al-Hadith, Ali al-Hadabi rahmatullahi ta'ala alayhi. Waskana Allahu ta'ala jannatuhu al-firdaus. The next hadith is a tremendous hadith. It is a hadith that depicts for us in very clear and certain terms without any doubt that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa was the messenger of Allah. Because what he said in this hadith exactly describes for us what's going on in 2021. 1,442 years after the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And today is the 24th day of Rajab. And it's an important day in Al-Islam, not because of Al-Isra wal Mi'raj, because we don't know when that happened. So the fact that people celebrated in the month of Rajab is part of what this hadith is talking about. But it's an important day because we're coming out of the lockdown of Corona. We're coming out of the lockdown of Corona. Today was the first day that our children here in the UK went back to school and were gradually, inshallah, as we're trying to get things back to some sense of normalcy and normalcy. So as it relates to the issue today, this hadith leaves no doubt in the mind of the one who has intellect and he has eyes to see. There's no way that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam could have prophesied all of the things that he prophesies from this hadith or think hadith as in Sal Bukhari and Muslim. The hadith also goes to show the level of intellect of the narrator of the hadith, and he's none other than Hudayfa ibn al-Yaman. May Allah be pleased with him. Hudayfa wasn't just a companion. He was from the kibar al-Sahaba, from the major companions. He was a person who was in the scale. He was someone. And his father as well, al-Yaman, was a tremendous personality who got the shahada, al-istishhad, fi sabilillah. So he, along with his father, may Allah be pleased with both of them, were companions, and that's from his virtues, that he, along with his father, they embraced the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In addition to that, from his virtues, is that he was the one who the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, told the secret names of all of the people who are disbelievers, the hypocrites, and the Nabi of Islam, alayhi salam was surrounded by a lot of hypocrites during his time and they served as a serious threat internally to the Muslim community and the Nabi of Islam alayhi salatu salam told Hudayfa the names of every single one of those people which is a sign and indication that he is the sahib al-sir and the sahib al-amana he took care of the secret and he took care of the trust of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Many of us find it almost impossible to be left with some kind of kalam or speech or information that is hot, hot off the press or hot in its nature. We, we're hard pressed to keep that to ourselves. Some of us even 
take people's conversations and we open up the telephone so other people around us can hear without the one who the person is being spoken to on the other end without him or her knowing that this is being done so if the person today was given the names of all of the munafiqeen that is some hot information i mean it'll burn a hole in a person's pocket for most people in the case of rudayfa radwanullah alayhi the Prophet ﷺ in trust in him is a sign and a proof and indication just like the Mu'addin Bilal Ibn Rabah, just like Ibn Umm Maktoum, may Allah be pleased with them. They were people who were worthy of being put in that position because the Prophet knew what he was doing wasallam. Lastly, and a lot could be said about the virtues of Hudayfa, is that if you look at the hadith that talk about the fitin that are going to affect and afflict this ummah, Hudayfa, you can say, is mukhtasun bihada. He is a specialist in this issue. He's narrated a number of the ahadith of the Prophet ﷺ, in which the trials and tribulations have been spoken about, like this hadith that we're dealing with today of the Prophet ﷺ. Tremendous hadith. And there's no way in the world that we can possibly do it enough justice in 40 minutes, 45 minutes. This is a hadith of the Minhajis Salafi. And this is a hadith that students need to study and see what Imam Ibn Hajar al-Asqalani said about it, see what Imam al-Nawi said about it, and see what some of the other ulama said about it, like Imam al-Tabari and Tabarani, rahmatullahi ta'ala alayhima. And we'll come to that, inshallah. Hudayfa, he said, and I'll read the whole hadith and then I'll come back, inshallah, and just touch and make ta'liqat on a few points because it's a long hadith and a lot can be mentioned. Hudayfa, may Allah be pleased with him, said that the people, meaning the other companions, he said that the people, they used to ask the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, about the good. Whereas I used to ask him about the evil things out of fear, that the evil things may overtake me, I may fall into them. He said, once I said, oh, Messenger of Allah, we, the companions, we were in jahiliyyah, we were in ignorance, and we were in evil before this Islam. And then Allah bestowed upon us the present good that we're in right now. So I want to know, will there be any evil after this good that we're in right now? We were in jahiliyyah, which is evil, the first evil. And then Allah brought us al-Islam. Allah. He didn't say you gave us al-Islam. And this is really important. That the companions did not have ghulu in the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. At any time they would exercise and show and express any form of ghulu, he would stop them sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So Hudayfa said to the Nabi, Allahu bihadal khayr. Allah brought us this religion. And we have the ayat of the Quran where Allah established to the Prophet Sallallahu Verily, you guide to the right path, Ya Muhammad. So Allah has established in this ayat that the Prophet guides to Al-Islam. But the meaning of that is that the Prophet shows the way, as next week's hadith, inshallah, is going to talk about the signposts the Prophet ﷺ, he showed the way. He illuminated the tariq. But he cannot make someone become a Muslim. And that's why his 
uncle, his grandfather, many of his tribesmen, Abu Lahab, Abu Jahl, many of those people, Umayy ibn Khalif, they died on Kufr. And Allah Ta'ala told him, You do not guide those who you love. Ya Mustafa, But Allah guides those who Allah wants to guide. So as they say in English in America, you can bring the horse to the water, but you can't make it drink. So the Prophet Wasallam can guide the people to the water, to Al-Islam, but he can't force them to drink. So that statement of Hudayfa is another one of the many indications and proofs that the best way is the way of those companions, and they didn't go overboard. Allah brought us Al-Islam, Ya Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So I want to know, this good of Islam that we are in, will there be any evil after it? The prophets say, yes, there's going to be evil after this good. Hudayfa says, so I said, will there be good after that evil? The prophets say, yes, but that good that will come after that evil, it will be tainted. And it is dekhan. Some people describe it and translate it as tainted. Some people describe it as a little evil. I would like to call it dekhan, tainted evil. It's evil, but it's tainted. The Prophet said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Hudayfa said, I said to him, what will its dekhan be? What do you mean it is tainted? It has hidden evil. What is that hidden evil? The Prophet said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, there will be some people who will lead other people according to principles that are other than my tradition. They will guide them on other than my sunnah and with other than my sunnah. The dakhin is going to be good, but it's going to be mixed up. The affairs will be mixed up. What do you mean mixed up? What is the evil, the hidden evil? There's going to be a group of people who are going to be guiding people by and with other than my traditions, my authentic sunnah. You will see their actions and you will disapprove of what they do. Hudayfa went on to say, Ya Rasulullah, will there be any evil after that good? The good that has dakhin, the good that has the evil tainted, the hidden evil, will there be after that any good? The Prophet says, Sallallahu Alaihi any evil after that good? The Prophet says, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, yes. There will be some people who will invite others to the doors of the hellfire. And whoever listens to them and he accepts their invitation, he will be thrown into the hellfire. Hudayfa said, upon hearing that, I said, O Messenger of Allah, describe those people to us. The third evil and the worst situation. Will there be any evil after that good that's tainted? Yes, there will be evil. And what is that evil, Ya Rasulullah? You will see some people who will invite other people to the hellfire. In Arabic he said, Du'atun ala abwaabi jahannama Men ajabuhum ilayha qadhafuhu fiha There will be du'at, callers, on the doors of the hellfire. Anyone who listens to the call and their dawah, they're going to throw him subsequently into that particular hellfire from that door that they're calling from. I say, Ya Rasulullah, describe for us those du'at. 
described for us. He says, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, they will belong to us and they will speak our language. Whom? Min jildatina wa They are like us. Same color, same complexion. They're just like us. They're Muslims. They're Arabs. They're from us. And they speak our language. That language can be Arabic in this case, or it could be the language that the Muslims are speaking during that time. Hudayfa radiyallahu anhu, he went on to say, Ya Rasulullah, what do you command me to do? What do you order me to do if such a thing should take place during my lifetime? If I were to see these du'at and I was to see this evil, what do you order me to do? What's your advice? The Prophet told him, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, stick to the jama'ah of the Muslims. Stick to the jama'ah and stick to the emir of that jama'ah, Hudayfa who's been asking all of these questions in the same hadith, wanting elaboration and clarification and elucidation so that there will be no doubt for himself. And subsequently for us, people come now to read and understand this hadith. Ya Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, if this were to happen and I'm alive, what do you command me to do, encourage me to do, advise me to do? He says, stick to the jama' of the Muslims. And stick to their imam, their leader. Who they say, Ya Rasulullah, but what if there is no jama'ah? And there is no, Mus- no Muslim leader. There's a leader over there, leader over there, over there, over there. Or there are no Muslim leaders at all. And the Muslim jama'ah is all scattered. What, what, what should I do in that case? He said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to Hudayfa, may Allah be pleased with him. Then I advise you to keep away and to avoid all of the different sects at that time. Even if you have to bite on the root of a tree until Allah Azza wa brings death to you when you're in that state. Tremendous hadith of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa sallam to sleep in kathira. First thing that we want to mention about this hadith, Ikhwani, is the statement of Hudayfa radwanullahi alayhi. The people used to ask about the good and I used to ask about the evil out of fear that it would hit me, it would overtake me. So I say, Ya Rasulullah, we were in Jahiliyyah and we were in evil in Allah. Allah brought us this good. So after this good that we in, will there be any evil? So the good that he's talking about in the beginning of the hadith is talking about the fact that the companions, radiallahu anhum, were taken from Jahiliyyah into Al-Islam. So that's the first good. First evil is what happened in Jahiliyyah. We were in Jahiliyyah and evil. And then Allah brought us this good. So the first evil is when they were in Al-Jahiliyyah. Al-Jahiliyyah is the pre-Islamic times. Those things that happened before the Prophet came, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So Rasulullah came about 400 and something years after Isa ibn Maryam. So revelation had been cut off in the dunya. There was no guidance. There was no Islam. There was no khair as it relates to divinely revealed knowledge. Then Allah Ta'ala sent his Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam as he mentioned in the Quran huwa alladhi arsala rasuluhu bilhuda wa deen alhaq liyudhhiruhu ala deen kullihi walau kariha alkafirun walau kariha almushrikun in another ayah Allah is the one who sent his messenger with guidance and the religion of truth to proclaim it over all other religions Judaism Christianity what Isa brought and everything before that Although the disbelievers may detest it, the polytheists may detest it. So Allah 
sent to the people of Jahiliyyah in Mecca, and there was Jahiliyyah permeating across the whole globe. Jahiliyyah and the way they married. Jahiliyyah and the way they stayed married. Jahiliyyah and the way they got divorced. Jahiliyyah and their riba. Jahiliyyah and all of their mu'amala. They had some good, but for the most part, it was Jahiliyyah on another level. On another level. And the worst manifestation of their Jahiliyyah was Jahiliyyah and their aqidah, what they believed about Allah Ta'ala, khurafat and shirkiyat. Allah Ta'ala, he married the jinn, and after having relations with the jinn, the angels came out and they're the daughters of Allah. That's Jahiliyyah. And then the Prophet came with Al-Islam and Allah Ta'ala proclaimed the religion of Islam over all other religions. So it's not permissible to describe the world as Jahiliyyah today. There are aspects of Jahiliyyah in the world, but it's not okay. Because if a person says, the whole world is just Jahiliyyah, this is Jahiliyyah, then it's as if the Prophet ﷺ didn't bring the truth. And this ayat is not applicable. That Allah Ta'ala has made the ithhar and given him dominion over all other religions. So it's important to understand from this beginning of the hadith that number one, the, the deen is clear, clear. And that's why Hudayfa, may Allah be pleased with him, said the people used to ask about the good and I used to ask about the evil because those are the two things in our religion. Khair and Shar. The Prophet says, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, there was never a Nabi that was sent before me except that it was the haq on him to tell his people about all of the good that he knew and to warn his people of all of the evil that he knew of. So the Prophets come to tell the people all of the good that they need to know and all of the evil. So some of the companions, and they're the vast majority, according to this hadith, they're 99% of the companions. They used to ask about the good. And Hudayfa represented 1% because we don't have any other hadith saying, and there was another companion who came and he duplicated what Hudayfa. Hudayfa is the only one we heard this hadith being his example. Which brings us to a very critical point, and that is, today, because we have a lot of ikhtilaf, one of the signs of Yawmul Qiyamah, we have a lot of infighting, and especially as it relates to people on the Sunnah, we have a lot of this stuff, he's on it, he's not on it, he's not on it. This hadith is an important hadith that goes to show the decrepit understanding, the wrong, faulty understanding that some of our brothers and sisters have who believe, I'm going to busy myself with just learning about all of the refutations. Who refuted who and why? And I'm going to gather up all of that information. And I'm going to have a folder for that so that I can talk about it and discuss it and I can debate it. And the reason why I'm doing that is because Hudayfa, Hudayfa used to ask about the evil. So I want to know about the evil at the expense of learning my religion. So he doesn't learn about the arkan of the salah. He doesn't learn about how to make wudu. He doesn't learn about the awliyat in his religion as an individual. But he's overindulgent in radud, in refutations. Using the hadith of Hudayfa. And that's a faulty understanding. Hudayfa, may Allah be pleased with him, said, the vast majority of the companions were asking about the good. So our religion came and made things clear. Tawheed is clear, shirk is clear, bid'ah is clear, and, and sunnah is clear, innovation is clear. The haq is clear, falsehood is clear, and so forth and so on. 
The last thing that we would like to mention as it relates to this issue is some of the people, they will say, you know, let's just teach the people the good and that's it. When you're teaching them about Aqid and things like that, don't teach them about the positions that some of the people made that go against the religion. When you teach them fiqh, don't teach them about the positions as you go through the babs and the chapters of fiqh. Don't teach them about the conditions or the issues that have to be rejected in fiqh. Just teach them the good and that's it. This hadith of Udayfa goes to show that it is from the madhab of the salaf that in order to learn and appreciate and to understand the good, there's no problem with learning the opposite of that good. And that's why the companions used to say, used to say, those people, Umar used to say it, those people were born in Al-Islam. They don't have a great appreciation. Their appreciation for Al-Islam is not like the appreciation for those companions who were born in Jahiliyyah. In Jahiliyyah. Because when they were born in Jahiliyyah, they were astray. But now if you're born in Al-Islam, you come up and there's a lot of internal insulated protections for each and every individual. So with that, you shouldn't be that strange person who's trying to learn all of the refutations and things like that going overboard. Hudayfa went on to say, may Allah be pleased with him, that he said to the Prophet wasallam, we were in this evil, and then Allah brought us the good, as I mentioned, it was the good of Al-Islam. He said, is there going to be any evil after this good? The Prophet said, yes, the second evil. First evil, Jahiliyyah. And then they're on Al-Islam. Will there be another evil, a second one? Yes. And the second evil, the Prophet said, وسلم, was referring to the end of the time and the life and the era of the companions. May Allah be pleased with them when they started having disputes, when they started having internal strife that the Prophet alluded to in a number of ahadith, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. لا ترجعوا بعد كفارا يضربوا بعدكم do not turn into non-believers, disbelievers after me. How? By striking the necks of each other and fighting. This is something that the Prophet prophesied was going to happen, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. The battle of the camel, the battle of Safin, these misunderstandings that the companions had ijtihad in. May Allah Azza wa be pleased with all of them. So that is the evil. That's the evil. He went on to mention and he said, Ya Rasulullah, and after that evil, will there be any good? He said, yeah, after my companions, you have your fitna, there's going to come good after that evil. There's going to come good. And in that good, there's going to be dakhan. It's going to be hidden, evil, tainted. That good is going to be tainted. He said, what is this taint? And then he went on to explain, people will be trying to be guided by other than my sunnah. This is a clear proof and an indication, Ikhwani, and this hadith is about the da'wah and the du'ad. This can be explained that it could be benefited, beneficial to every Amr, Bakr, and Zayd, the individual. But the book is about the da'wah and the du'ad. So people who are given da'wah, pay attention. People who are concerned about the da'wah, pay attention. This hadith goes to show that Regardless of how religious you are and how close you're on the kitab and the sunnah with tenacity, you're on the sunnah and you have good akhlaq and good adab, still 
you are not exempt from the fitna. And this is something that's tremendous about Hudayfa, who knew the names of the munafiqeen, and yet he was worried about the evil. And this is what Ibn Abi Mulaika said about the companions, may Allah be pleased with all of them. Ibn Abi Mulaika is from the Tabi'een. He said, I met 30 of the companions of the Nabi Wasallam. All of them were afraid of hypocrisy on himself. All of them thought I could be a hypocrite. They concerned themselves with that. And today we exist and we're not concerned. The companions are worrying about what good. What's the good? I want to do the good. Hudayfa was worrying about the evil so that it didn't fall on him. They didn't exist as if there were no problems and they were not worried. No, because they were on good and Allah brought them the evil from the Qadr, which was their fighting, their infighting. And then after that, is it going to be good? Yes. And then it is Dachin. So the companions are the best of the people and they were tried. And that's what's going to happen to everybody after them. Allah Ta'ala mentioned in the Quran, do the people think they're going to just be left saying we believe and not be tried? We tried those people who went before them so that Allah would know those who truly are telling the truth and those who are lying. So the companions, they were tried. And we're going to constantly be tried. And that's why we have those ayat and we have the life of the Prophet teaching us that. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ma kana Allahu liyadhra al-mu'minina ala ma antum alayhi hatta yumayyiz al-khabitha min al-tayyib. Allah will not leave the believers in the condition that they're in, the way they are right now, Muhammad, until Allah makes the tamyiz and Allah separates the good from the bad. Who's the believer and who's not the believer? So today, those people are giving du'a, du'a'dawah, the government will step to you and ask you, what's the Islamic position? What's your opinion about this, 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 and that? It's a child, it's a fitna. And then the person falls as a result of the pressure, for an example. So you're going to constantly be tried. You're going to constantly be tried. وَنَبْلُوكُمْ we're going to try you people with good and with evil. With evil and good. We're going to put fitna and good and evil. And to me, you're going to return. So we have to understand that. So it's the job about dawah. Dawah and the du'at. As people are giving dawah, we have to stay the course. Don't become overwhelmed with negativity. Don't be of the people who look at the community and you say, look at this. It's no good. The people are destroyed. There's no khair. The whole community is jahiliyyah. You can't talk like that. Because the fitna will never stay. Those are the days we change them with the people. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, sometimes up, sometimes down. So with the companions, we were in jahiliyyah. And evil, Allah brought us the good. Will there be evil after that good? Yes, there will be evil after that good. And after that, and after that evil, will there be good? There will be good after that, and then it is dakhan. So the Muslim has to relax, take it easy. It's not going to stay evil, it's not going to stay tough forever. It may be your whole lifetime. 
It's your job and my job, as we mentioned before, just to get on the Salatul Mustaqim, as the Allah mentioned in the Quran. As Allah mentioned in the Quran. فَاسْتَمْسِكْ بِالَّذِي أُوْحِيَ إِلَيْكَ إِنَّكَ عَلَى صِرَاطٍ مُسْتَقِيمٍ Hold on to what has been revealed to you, and you are on the Sirat Mustaqim. Just stay on the Sirat and keep treading. Our brothers and sisters in Palestine, I was born in 1964, March 10th, 1964. That means that the Palestinians have been dealing with what they've been dealing with ever since I've been born. But still, the Sha'b al-Filistini, the Palestinian Muslims, still have to be patient. Does that mean you sit and you twiddle your thumbs? No. But you don't become hysterical and start doing things based upon emotions. So as a person given dawah, as a person of this ummah, take it easy. Don't become overwhelmed with negativity. Don't think that it's all over. Allah Ta'ala mentioned in the Quran to this community, Ya ayyulladheena aminu sbiru wa sabiru wa rabitu wa taqullaha la'allakum tuflihun. Oh you believe, have patience. Cause yourselves to be musabara, make yourselves patient. And fear Allah in the hopes that you will be successful. Prophet Muhammad told us in authentic hadith and so many hadith about sabr. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Anna fi sabr ala ma takrahu khayran kathira. You have to know that being patient on what you dislike, it is a lot of good in it. He says, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, wa'alam anna al-nasr ma'al sabr wa anna al-ma'a wa anna anna ma'al nasr you should know that victory comes with patience and relief comes with distress. He says, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, being patient is a light, it'll illuminate for you in the dunya and in the hereafter. So the point is, the Muslim should calm down and take it easy and know. No one will stay in fitna forever. No one will stay down forever. No one will stay up forever. It doesn't happen. We have to move on because the time is rolling. The Nabi says, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, you will see these people and they will try to guide, be guided by other than my sunnah. That's the dakhan. And this is talking about the dakhan. It's talking about the alterations to the religion. People are practicing the religion, and there's some khair in it. There's good. Islam is spreading, knowledge is spreading, but in the spread of knowledge, things are being added on to the religion that are not from the religion. The shubahat, like the 27th Rajab, what people are going to do this month, inshallah, the Prophet's birthday, the khatam, the yarmi, these things people believe in, and they have nothing to do with the Prophet brought Sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And he said to the companions to Hudayfa, uh, you're going to see what they're doing, these people. The good things, you'll acknowledge. The bad things, you'll acknowledge. Ta'rifu minhum wa tunkir. You'll see what they're doing and you're going to make inkar. In another hadith, the Prophet says, Sallallahu alayhi wasallam, yuhadithunukum bima lam tasma'u antum wa la aba'akum fa'iyakum wa'iyahum. Those people who will be guiding other people with other than my sunnah, they'll say things and tell you about things you never heard of them, nor did your fathers ever hear of this stuff. 
So you beware and let them beware. So people are coming telling us that the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam is Hazar Nazir. Abu Bakr and them never heard about that. May Allah be pleased with them. People are coming there telling us the most important thing in Al-Islam is establishing the Khilafah. Abu Bakr and Umar, they didn't say that. They didn't understand that. Some people come and say the most important thing to be getting busy with is making takfir. Abu Bakr and Umar, they didn't say that. They didn't look like that. So when you hear people saying things now, slogans and things like that, the slogan may be true. Ta'rifu minhum. The slogan may be true, but it's in its improper place. It's an improper time. The wrong person is calling to it. And so forth and so on. Hudayfa went on to say that I said, Ya Rasulullah, after that evil, or after that good, will there be any evil? The third evil, the worst one. He said, yes, there will be some people who would invite others to the door of the hellfire. Du'at ala abwabi jahannam. Callers on the doors of the hellfire. That goes to show that the hellfire has different doors, according to this hadith. Just as the Jannah has different doors. There was a door in the Jannah called al People who were given to fasting will enter in that door. There's the door of the Jannah that the Prophet will knock on. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam will be the first one to knock on. It will be open. He will be the first one to go through that door. Sallallahu alayhi wa ala alayhi wa sallam. So the Jannah has doors. And the hellfire has doors. The Jannah has darajat, levels going up. And the hellfire has darakat, levels going down. He said in the Quran, subhanahu wa ta'ala, about the munafiqeen, and the munafiqeen, if it darkil asfali min al-nar, the hypocrites are on the lowest level of the hellfire. So there are du'at at the door of the hellfire. Like the previous hadith. He said, al-ra'si kulli sabilin minha shaytan yad'u ilayha. At the head of every sabil, every way, there was a shaitan calling to that way. In last week's hadith. And this hadith says, they are given dawah and they're at the doors of the hellfire. These hadith are intertwined. Whoever listens to them, they'll be thrown into the hellfire. The one who says, just give me the Quran. That's a dawah to the hellfire. Just give me the Quran and leave the sunnah. The one who says, all of these Forms and ways of life that have been introduced to Benny Adam, other than what Al Islam is saying, no matter how they dress it up, no matter how they call it, no matter how many people get behind it, no matter how much the government, no matter how much the media, mass media, tries to get us to become insensitive to the fact that these things go against the religion. They keep chiseling at our mental state and our iman and to the point where the person starts to give that accommodating point of view. Well, it's okay. It's where we live. All of those schisms and schisms are what these du'at are calling to. Changing the religion. Changing the normality and the normalcy of Al-Islam. Hey, don't be like they used to be a long time ago in the Salaf. That's medieval. You have to be a person who's thinking now. I say Islam is not against modernity, as we said a million times, but as it relates to the aqidah of Islam and the ibadat of Islam, it has to stay the same. And in terms of navigating in our lives, we have to navigate with the same tools and signposts that those companions were upon. May Allah Ta'ala be pleased with them. 
So those people are callers to the hellfire. Allah mentioned in the Quran, إِنَّمَا يَدْعُوا إِنَّمَا يَدْعُوا حِزْبُهُ Meaning shaitan. إِنَّمَا يَدْعُوا حِزْبُهُ لِيَكُونُوا مِنْ أَصْحَابِ الصَّعِيرِ Shaitan, he gives da'wah to the people who listen to him, to his hizb, so that they could be from the recipients of the hellfire. In another ayat concerning these callers on the doors of the hellfire, Allah Ta'ala mentioned in the Qur'an, وَجَعَلْنَاهُمْ يَهْدُونَ إِلَى النَّارِ We made them imams who were inviting people to the hellfire. The wrong aqidah, the wrong beliefs, the things that they're saying, the things that they're doing. Hudayfa radiyallahu anhu, in this hadith, he said that the Prophet wasallam said that he said, Oh Rasulullah, sifhum lana, describe these people who are on the abwab, the doors of the hellfire. Prophet Muhammad said, they're like us. They're going to be saying the things that we say. They're going to look like us. They're going to come dressed the way we dress. They'll be in the member, they'll be in the masjid, they'll give lessons, they'll be popular, some won't be popular, and they'll come with those things trying to change the religion. A big fitna. A man will wake up or go to sleep, go to sleep at night as a believer, wake up in the morning as a kafir. Things are going to be topsy-turvy. Goes to sleep as a mu'min, wakes up in the morning as a kafir. Because some of these people who are teaching and giving dawah, the people are fanboys, they're cheerleaders, they're choir boys. So if the sheikh says, go right, he goes right, jump off the ledge, he jumps off the ledge, don't believe in this, he won't believe in that. And that's how it happens, with tadarraj. Prophet Muhammad said, لا None of you should recline on his couch, shab'an, and he's full. Shaytan comes to him and says to him, who created this? He says, Allah, who created that? He said, Allah, who created that? Allah. And then he says, who created Allah? With tadarraj. A shaitan gets them little by little in stages. He said, describe them to us. They talk like us. They look like us. They're from us. This is similar to the hadith that the prophet said, woe unto the Arabs from the evil that has gotten close. Woe unto the Muslims, the Arabs, the people of that time, the ummah, from the evil that has gotten close. Hudayfa said, Ya Rasulullah, what do you command me to do? There's another hadith of this, another narration that the Prophet described those du'as وسلم, he said about those callers سَيَقُومُ فِيهِمْ رِجَالِ قُلُوبُهُمْ قُلُوبُ الشَّيَاطِينَ فِي جُثْمَانِ those callers will be a group of people who will stand up they will stand up they will have, have hearts like devils shayateen they're human beings but they have hearts like shayateen but they're in the bodies of human beings. And that's some of the people you can't understand. Why is this person so evil and mean, so disruptive, so toxic, so problematic? Why is this person like that? Because he's a shaitan using the religion to sow the seed of discord between people. Using the religion to stay on top of leading people, lying on people, misconstruing what they said, what they didn't say. In order to control the people, shayateen, shayateen, they have hearts, hearts that are shaytanic, but their hearts in the bodies of men. Hudayfa radiallahu anhu said that the Prophet wasallam said, what do you order me to do, Ya Rasulullah? He said, I order you to do what? To stick to the jama'ah, the Muslims and their imam. 
This is an ishara ila adam al-khuruj ala al-imam. This is an ishara that Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa is telling Hudayfa not to make khuruj during this time of the fitna. Don't be with the fitna people. Don't be with the du'at of al-fitna. Call into takfir. Call into whatever they're calling to. People going overboard in jarh wa ta'deel. All of that is fitna. Designed to separate the Muslims unnecessarily. It's just folder and drama. Stay away from all of that. Stay away from all of that. The Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sallam, we know from the other narration that Hudayfa asked the Prophet sallallahu in another hadith, Ya Rasulullah, if that hits me, what do you order me to do? He told him sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Tasma'u wa tati' lil amir. Wa in daraba dhahrik wa akhada malik. Ya Rasulullah, what should I do if I'm living at that time and I see these du'as? He said, listen and obey the Amir. Even if he strikes your back and he takes your money, listen to him and obey him. Don't make khuruj. So in this narration of Sayyid Bukhari and Muslim, the Prophet told him, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, tells him, he said, hold on to the jama'at of the Muslims and the Amir. What if there's no jama'at, like right now? The Muslims are divided all over the world. They have countries and things like that. There's no jama'at, one jama'at. And there's no emir. There's umara. Emir here, emir in Kuwait, emir in Qatar, emir over here in Palestine, an emir in, in Pakistan, an emir in Nigeria, in the north, and an emir. What should I do then? He said, Avoid all of those groups. So we're going to teach the people about the haq. And we're going to focus on the haq. But in teaching the people about the right aqidah, we're going to teach the people the mistakes that the different groups made. The past groups and the contemporary groups with adab, with akhlaq, with justice, and just enough so the people can know. So we're going to teach them about jahmiyyah. We're going to teach them about the qadariyyah. We're going to teach them just enough what they need to know because at irja, all of that stuff is here right now. We're going to teach them where the Khwan Muslimin went wrong, where Jamaat Tabliq went wrong, where the Sufis went where, where Brawis went wrong. We're going to teach them with akhlaq, with adab, with sincerity, with gentleness. We're going to teach all of that. The focus is going to be upon what's correct. And if anyone disagrees, we're going to give da'wah and nasiha in a nice way, in a civilized way. Nothing wrong, they disagree, we're going to give da'wah in a nice way, not fighting. We're going to follow this hadith and stay with the Jama'at the Muslims. How can someone now say, I'm fighting all of the deviants and people don't know their religion and I'm dealing with people the wrong way? This is about the da'wah and the du'at. The da'wah and the du'at. So we're going to teach them the truth and in teaching them the truth, we're going to explain the opposite of the truth on an as-needed basis. Not going overboard in that stuff. Not going overboard in that. So keep away from all of those sects. And I, can, I complete today's talk with that. It's not permissible for the Muslims to be with any of these jama'at. This hadith and other hadith that are going to come, as we were saying, you got to be calm. Hadith number nine, Prophet Muhammad said in that hadith that's going to come, inshallah, there will not cease to be a group of people from my ummah who will be victorious. So when we see ourselves in a station and in a way where we're weak, take it easy. No. 
The end result, Allah is with those who have taqwa. Allah promised the people of Al-Iman. He's going to take care of Be patient. There will always be a group that will be on the hop. Be with that group. That's your job. Stay on the path. Stay on the path. And avoid all of these groups that Muslims have created for themselves. This is one of the clearest hadith. In addition to those ayat of the Quran that show these groups are not permissible. These groups, they do nothing for the most part except divide our community. And Al-Islam came to unite the community. Al-Islam came to unite the community. And Allah is a'la and alam hadha wa sallallahu wa sallam mubarak ala nabiyyina wa ala alihi wa ashabi ajma'in wa salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org.